on the Rebel Sports Network. From Learfield, this is the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Finley Chevrolet. Finley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. This is your home for the UNLV Rebels. Now, here are your hosts, Caleb Herring and the voice of the Rebels, Russ Langer. Thank you very much. Indeed, Russ Langer here. Caleb's off today. I've got Steve Cofield with me chatting with UNLV football head coach Marcus Arroyo. And we appreciate you joining us today. We're a day early because of the short week. The Rebels are playing at home at Allegiant Stadium this Friday, Veterans Day against the Bulldogs of Fresno State. Kickoff at 7.30, 7 o'clock pregame show uh, with uh, Mr. Caleb Herring and yours truly and Steve Cofield as well. So, Coach, uh, first of all, let's, uh, let's just get into um, the week of practice and how it's looked so far. It's been good. I mean, it's, it's been a uh, – guys have responded well, refocused, uh, mindful of, of how to reattack corrections now uh, and kind of in our culture. Um, you know, it's been a magnified fundamental talk and a lot of things we've done that, that, that are necessary to win a game that guys understand. Um, I'd be remiss to say guys aren't, you know, pissed off and hungry and, and ready for another opportunity to grow and be resilient. So um, I've been excited for these guys, and we've been, we've been dug in. So it's been good so far. Interesting test because the game in San Diego State, obviously a very winnable game. And so I'm sure that you were looking closely at the team's response starting, starting Sunday, Monday, and then, then at practice again today. Yeah, the ability to look at the game and be really honest with ourselves, and and uh, be able to swallow our swallow our, our, our ourselves a little bit and see that in regards to how that game uh, was very winnable, like you said, in many aspects. But playing complimentary football to each other in three phases is is really what you have to do uh, to beat to beat anyone, let alone someone as talented and, and as, as as strong as, as that team. So, uh, got to rebound and refocus and uh, and get back in the saddle and go. Uh, looking at the fundamentals, can you specify a little bit what? You wanted to point out to the guys that uh, maybe they didn't uh, live up to standards on? Well, I mean, I think that's pretty simple. I mean, you guys watch it as well. I mean, the, the, the drops, the, the, the protection issues, uh, some false starts, the, the interceptions in, 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 in critical situations and in, in, in a lot of places that we hadn't made those mistakes. Um, it showed a lot of rust, showed a lot of, a lot of chemistry that had, that had been missing there for a while, a lot of guys, and uh, probably more than I anticipated. But um, we gotta, we got to get back and we got to get – put that gap back together as fast as we can. So let's talk protection issues. I always think this is a really interesting deep dive for the casual fan. Protection issues involve what? It's the offensive line and it's the quarterback as well, right? Uh, five offensive linemen, one quarterback, one running back, one tight end, um, <laughs> and, many, and many facets. So seven people, yeah. um, and they all have to be exactly what's going on, uh, dialed in to exactly how you need to uh, – uh, communicate the, the the defensive structure and adjust. Um, a lot of times, uh, protections aren't okay. It's just this. They have to move. They change. There's all sorts of uh, little nuances and tools you use based on what you're getting. And uh, obviously, we're getting Doug back for five weeks. Get Aiden back in there. Uh, getting them back dialed in, and then you're playing a defense that that does a lot of stuff up front. Like we talked about going into that game, we've known that for a long time. What they do with their front, their protections. Um, and how they get to you. If you're not right on, if you're not right on a target, you can, you can be, you can miss, let alone whether it's, whether it's a mental or whether it's a physical and a physical being, you just didn't, you lost a matchup one-on-one or if it's a mental, I mean, regards, we didn't, we didn't turn it a certain way or we didn't know, see, we didn't fit it right. 
So those can, those can build up on you. Um, we've done a good job protecting. And there was a lot of good protections in that game. There's just ones in critical situations that got us that, that we hadn't have happened before. And we got we to gotta shore them up. How was the uh, 3 3 5 that you faced for the Aztecs as compared to New Mexico? Similar in a lot of ways. I mean, those guys are from the same tree. Um, obviously, a couple of little nuances that are different, but I think that that's been their du jour for a long time is their ability to to fill the box up and uh, manipulate the fronts in, in both run gaps and then in pass protection. And uh, for the most part, in playing those teams, we, we, we've done a pretty good job. And, and we unfortunately, this game, you get a couple of them there that are that are real critical because that game is is so carefully in the balance and it only takes one or two plays to, to swing it. Uh, I saw you comment about you know, the first couple of days of this week about tweaking, you know, you're open to kind of tweaking and working on different things. What, what got you thinking, what got you on that path after this last game that, Hey, maybe there's some things we're not doing. And in terms of prep, we got to change some things. Well, I, I don't know if it was, you know, that was more of a comment in, in regards to why I always look back. I think I made it, it made it more of a public statement than what I naturally do. I think, uh, use an example of the bye week. Um, we were talking, and, and, and I changed some things in practice to maybe maybe it had nothing to do with schematics or the guys. It was more for me to kind of break up the monotony of of being together since you know the end of July. Like, hey, let's let's throw a little curveball in here and change it up a little bit um, more to get guys' attention and not be uh, and to not get not be mundane in the process. The, the comment after San Diego State may have been something like, okay, we're going to change up this. We're, we're going to remagnify our, our our ball security circuit, add some more time to it because. Uh, maybe these guys needed to be hit, not in black jerseys. Let's use, you know, certain receivers or the, or the quarterback or the running back in protection. Let's change that protection fit drill to, to this one more uh, these last three weeks and really reemphasize some things that maybe we have missed the last, you know, three, four or five weeks with certain guys. So it was more of that just to remagnify what we do and, and put my onus in situations where, um, where I think we can help. Um, anything I feel I can put my hands on or we can put our hands on as a staff, um, that can help our guys uh, ramp it up. We do that every week. When, when it's, I'm not a believer in just business as usual type of stuff. I'm always looking at, at, at what we can do to kind of make it better. Well, it's a long season, right? So, I mean, you have to make some changes throughout, and especially if the results aren't coming the way you want. I asked you, and we're talking to Marcus Arroyo, Marcus Arroyo Radio Show, here on a Tuesday because of a short week with the game on Friday. When I talked to you after the game, I, I gave it to you in kind of clunky fashion, but I was talking about, you know, kind of reading the riot act, like really getting on guys. And I know you don't like to do it after the game. Is it something you do on Sunday or Monday? Or are you to the point now where it's player led, where maybe it's Doug Brumfield who's doing it? Um, you know, maybe someone goes after Doug a little bit. Is there a leader of the receiving core who steps up and goes, you know, we can't have all these drops? Is it you, the coaches, or is it the players? Well, it starts with it starts with me because that's that's I think that's what we all do. That if you're in a leadership role, or you're a parent, or you're you're the you're the front you're the point man of any business, um, you've got the influence. It's your job to find a way to communicate effectively to your group, and um, and, and to get guys to understand how to be resilient, uh, communicate what exactly you need to get across. And if you need to do that in certain ways at certain times, I think that's independent of of, of what you do and how you communicate with your group. There's times where. My guys know I'm very pointed. I'm very honest. I'm very, very demanding and critical. I'm also, I'm also the first one to point at myself if there's something I can do better. And I ask them a lot, what can I, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, I, and they know that I really mean that. Um, and then they also know that I'll demand of certain players that they need to, they need to dictate, they need to potentially dialogue. And if they're introverted and being an extrovert in that, in that regards, isn't something they feel comfortable doing then they need to find their own approach. And, and I think that that's just, that, that's a demand of any leader. Le leadership's a contact sport, man. Y you can't just, 
have an influence on people, a business, a family, a church, and think that you're going to do it from the sideline. You got to get out in front, get roll your sleeves up, get dirty, and be honest, and be humble, and be up in front, and, and work your tail off just a bit best as anybody else. And I think teaching how to communicate, young young guys how to communicate with each other effectively is a is a big piece of what we do. Yeah, and really, what I'm getting at here, and that was a great answer, but you know, I, I felt like last year in a lot of the close games, not that you gave this message, but where the program was, it was like, hey, good job, good effort, you were in these games. You know, it would have been awesome to win some of those games eight points or less, but. For the San Diego State game, I look at that, and I assume you do, and the players, like, that's a winnable game. That's a chance to take down one of the giants of the conference. You're out gaining them for most of the game. You've got to win mm. that game, and I assume the players get that, that there's no more good job, good effort. No, that, that's that, that's fair. I, I, I understand what, where you're coming at, and, and I think that, to be honest with you, uh, yeah, there's, there's absolutely was that. Um, and that's what's been like since we kept, since we got back together. And that's what, in a lot of ways, has pushed us as forward in positive and direction as we've, as we've turned into, is that I'm most proud, I've said this before, the fact that these games and games like that are meaningful and expect to win now. And it hurts. And guys are pissed about not getting stuff done. And so I can be really hard and direct now about that is not the standard. The standard isn't being just competing. It's winning. It's not you know, the, 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 the note that we've made a couple of times on the show and guys have asked for before is, Hey, the, you know, the, the analogies about counterpunching and getting back up and throwing and, and being able to, to hang in there. And then the knockout blow conversation stuff that I use is an analogy. They know that's the expectation now. And you have to develop as you grow in a team, the knockout blow, the finishing piece. And in that game, all it was, was you could find one play. You could pick one of one play and say, that would have been it because I could have found about six or eight in there. And I showed the team that I said, this is it. And so, um, you know, not getting together and finding out what exactly could have been done different, obviously putting a lot of new guys back out there. It just could, you could just tell we were rusty man. And, and I think that this week's work, it was really, really important to get back out here and, and grind. You mentioned rust a moment ago, coach, how much of that had to do with uh, Doug Brumfield and the San Diego state game? Because you know, he made some good plays, but he was uncharacteristically off a little bit with some decision-making as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think Doug would be the first one to say that. I mean, it's just, it was, you know, four or five weeks off and could crush protocol and can't, it's not like it was off, like we had a, we were banged up. He's out, like not, can't work, can't run, can't be in it. You know, it was like, couldn't be in meetings sometimes. It was gone. And so I, I probably underestimated that. Um, I'm sure he did too. And we all did. You never know where that's going to be at, but you could see that. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think we own it. We own it. He owns it. And, uh, we, we you can't cry over spill belt now. Um, it's getting back into it and, and, and doubling down on your efforts to, uh, to knock that off and, and to not make those things because those, those obviously were really unfortunate to have. Head coach Marcus Arroyo joining us on the Marcus Arroyo radio show. Russ Langer here along with Steve Cofield. Rebel fans, Lake Mead is at historic lows. Change your watering clock to your three assigned days per week right now. It's the law. Find your fall mandatory watering days at snwa.com. That's snwa.com. Rebels back at it a short week. This Friday night at 7.30 at Allegiant Stadium against the always tough Fresno State Bulldogs, a team that's uh, uh, pretty well balanced. We're going to get into that more uh, with head coach Marcus Arroyo a little bit later as the show rolls on. But we'll take our first break and come back in just a moment. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. 
The UNLV Rebels back in action this Friday, 7.30 at Allegiant Stadium. That's kickoff time against Fresno State Veterans Day. The friendly staff at Pueblo Medical Imaging is eager to take care of all your radiology needs, and they offer same-day, next-day availability. With top-of-the-line, state-of-the-art equipment, they're open seven days a week with early morning and evening appointments to accommodate all patient schedules. Pueblo Medical Imaging, proud sponsors of the UNLV Athletics. Indeed, Marcus Arroyo Radio Show, Russ Langer here with Steve Cofield. So we're down one quarterback in the show. Usually have the uh, two quarterback conversations. Of course, coach is here. No Caleb Herring today. And I want to continue on the quarterback theme and just the importance of the position uh, with Doug what did you tell Doug, and what did you guys see on film? What did Doug see on film on the two INTs in the end zone? He's trying to make plays there, but, those, you know, those are crucial mistakes. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 he knows that. There was, a, it was He knew that in the game. I think those are crucial mistakes that um, either trying to force plays and go and make make plays that, that aren't there and, and, and sometimes coming back. Uh, you can feel you've got to go or it's, or it's or it's getting, you know, you feel like there's pressure because maybe there's a – some miscues that you got to go, you got to go force and win the game, and you got to do something outside of what you've done to to put yourself at the prior to that top of the conference in a lot of things and, and doing things really well. So I think you, you learn they learn the hard way from doing some of that stuff and coming back, and uh, those are critical mistakes. He was very aware of that, um, and, and no, no man, he and, and very well. So those things are just they're disappointing as heck, but um, it's, it's you know it, we got to move on and, and get better, learn from it. Yeah, I think as fans and, and media, sometimes we take for granted, you know, just how hard it is to make decisions out there, but also throw the right ball and throw it the right way. And I thought the first INT, I thought there was a spot there for Kyle Williams to catch the ball, but it looked like it needed to be to the back corner. But I'm not sure what the play was. And then Doug kind of underthrew it. And in that case, with Kyle off an ankle injury, I'm not sure that a jump ball was going to work. So what was he supposed to do on that play? There, there was a makeable throw there, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get in and give the whole thing away. Yeah. Uh, that's it was. It's a package play. Um, there's a couple of things that should have happened prior to even the snap. Um, but more than anything, just in the just in the, the response to what we did, it's just the wrong wrong timing, wrong type, wrong coverage, and, and, and trying to force a ball down the field and make a play. And and it just can't happen. And uh, he's very aware of that. He knew that right away. Uh, a fifty fifty ball at that time is just not, is a lack of you know of understanding that I'm be on the same page with two guys who've been out for a while. So. Yeah. Um, it was unfortunate time, and and that's where it comes back. Where you know I, I start blaming myself, and can I help? I start thinking about fifty other calls. Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that, and you know I start blaming myself a little bit. But um, you can't do that. You got to move on. That's never the right answer. Yeah, I thought Caleb had said maybe there was another throw available in the flat. I thought he said Ricky White, but I'm trying to do that off of memory. And then the the second interception. I, I was in that end zone. I really couldn't tell. Was that just uh, maybe not not seeing the other defender on the play? What was going on on that one? Yeah, you just locking into it, locking into a, a progression and, and where where ball wanted to go. Maybe lost track of the guy, but you know there was things prior to that that have to push you through a progression. Um, push you through a progression on the backside. It was a three to you. If we actually get to the second read, it's a touchdown and game's over. So uh, it's unfortunate. We saw it. it. It's he hit it. We've hit it all year. There's been we've hit the other side of that that concept all year. Um, and again, it's just one of those things. It's just it, it, where are we going with the ball and did we see him? What happened? And 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 by then it's you know it can be critical. Now let's talk about you know one of the many positive plays in the game by Doug, the Nick Williams play. That's not an easy throw when a guy is open like that. And I could you know I could see the defender jump, and yeah, I'm sure as a defender you're like, oh my god, you know the receiver has me beat. But if you know if you don't throw that ball the right way, and he threw it right in stride to allow Nick basically to get to the ten without being touched, and then Nick made a nice play. That was a good throw. 
yeah, no doubt. It, it, it had to readjust, uh, you know, had a good call on there and, and they did what we thought. Um, he had to adjust himself in the pocket was the first thing with pocket movement for the quarterback and throws is what you do. Nothing's ever really stagnant. You're not playing catching the lawn with your dad. Um, yeah. You know, you got to move around, create a new platform and then shape the ball over that defender. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of fundamentals, a lot of time with coach Holtz and, and, and stuff we do uh, in practice to be able to have that, to make that play, let alone Doug being dynamic in regards to his ability to make it. So that was a great play. I thought defensively you guys did a pretty good job on Maiden. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, first of all, moving him off his spot and you know getting him a little more inaccurate than um, you know they they'd like. Uh, he was moving around a lot. And he was throwing some low balls, but you know he was he was having to throw under some pressure. No, they did a nice job. They were, they were physical up front, um, as we saw. I mean, shoot, there were six sacks there, and attacking that that offensive line is something uh, that gets you excited about the progression of your, of your defense um, and what guys are doing and, and getting their confidence back and getting healthy again up front um, to be able to hold them, uh, you know, to what they, to what, to what they wanted to do. And that's that run play action off that system uh, to be able to bottle them up, bottle them up and put yourselves in, in, in a chance to win. Uh, that did a good job and, and really uh, start, start setting the groundwork for, for, uh, for the stretch around here. Coach, we're going to get back into more of the nuts and bolts of uh, the team and, of course, the upcoming game against Fresno State. But uh, the game will be played on Veterans Day, and I want to get into uh, that because earlier today at practice I had a chance to catch up with Matt File, uh, who not only has done a, a tremendous job, as you have pointed out in the past, with regard to strength and conditioning for the team, making them bigger and faster and stronger, but also – uh, you know, Matt himself being being a veteran, he was in the 82nd Airborne. He served uh, over in the Middle East. Uh, he had nine months over there in Iraq. And uh, I want to, you know, he he had mentioned he mentioned in a very articulate fashion what the day means to him. And it's a very emotional day for a lot of us. And I want to ask you what it means to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just it just allows us to honor some people um, who. You know, I'm a military kid myself, and, and dad, is, dad is a veteran. My cousin's a SEAL. My grandfather was uh, in the submarines and, 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 and Navy itself. I mean, we have a long lineage there. So I've got a background personally with what I've seen, uh, how it affects a family, um, what it does to all the, all the generations before, before and after it, um, and, 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 and kind of what kind of traits uh, – come from from people who've been around those type of things what kind of things you know happen and you develop as a, as a person that maybe you didn't even know you have but i think it allows us to honor those people that have sacrificed their lives for our country uh gives thanks you know, and, and, and men and women who just serve military right now to protect some of the the beauties and and things that we've got that sometimes we take for granted um obviously it's pretty close to home uh, matt is one of my best friends in, in here and um we've known each other for a long time we have similar characteristics in regards to you know, how we were raised and what we believe in and kind of our, our, our commitment and discipline and our, our personal pride. And um, I think the unselfishness and, and, and total regard for, for the bigger picture that the military gives us uh, that sometimes we take for granted is, is one huge reason to take that day and, and make it important. It's pretty much undeniable that in Matt's case that uh, that tremendous and intensive experience overseas helped to shape him to be the individual that he is now, both personally and professionally. There's no doubt. I mean, anybody who knows, who has a close friend or is around someone who's, who's served and, and, and put their life on the line, uh, there's a humility uh, usually about those people. There's a pride about them. There's a discipline. Uh, there's an unselfishness that's very recognizable. And um, Matt personifies that and in many ways. He communicates really effectively to our young guys about a lot of that stuff. And I think that, you know, when you're fortunate to have 
someone come out of the branch who's, who's got a mindset that understands how to communicate it, um, they can be double, they can multiply their power because they're able to speak from, from such a magnifying experience to people about, you think you've got it bad and you think you've got, you think it's hard or you think things are tough or you think, uh, you think that, that, you know, that the sky's falling on you as you sit here in, in your comfy chair or couch, uh, you take a step back and you're able to kind of think of things, see things different. And, um, and I think that's, something I hope everyone has an opportunity to do if they're around any veteran. Marcus Arroyo radio show here on a Tuesday, early day of the week, as opposed to our Wednesday slot as we get a Friday game against Fresno State. You and will be taking on Fresno State. You can get the family four-pack for and a parking pass for 160 bucks for those tickets at UNLVtickets.com. You were afforded some pretty good opportunities because of uh, you know, your elite athleticism. If that didn't happen, could you have seen yourself going into the military? Uh, that was the plan, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if I wouldn't have, if I, you know, I'm, again, I'm from a really small town. There's not about a thousand people. There's not many scholarships that go around. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be paid for, for my house. Uh, you know, those, the, the, the colleges don't take food stamps. So that, that wasn't an option. Uh, we were, we were, we were, me and a cousin were planned up. Uh, he was a little bit behind me, but that was going to be, uh, that was going to be all the way, uh, probably to, to, to buds. And, um, it just so happened that, that sports worked out. I uh, got good grades and and had the opportunity to, to be the first one in my family to, to, to get out of high school and, and go to college. And, and that was uh, that's humbling and we got a lot of pride in that. But uh, there was no doubt that that was probably going to be uh, where I was headed. Are you going to go with the uh, camo Rebs hat? You had it on at the Monday press conference. You're going to use it for the game. Oh yeah, that'll be that'll be that'll be on ready to roll. Head coach Marcus Arroyo joining us on this edition of the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. And coming up on Friday, once again, we've got the Rebels against Fresno State. Rebels trying for their fifth victory uh, of the 2022 campaign. And before we take a little time out, I want to remind you to up your gym game at EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV. Join today for as low as $9.99 per month. Come visit online or join at joineos.com. Join EOS. Com. EOS Fitness. Better gym, better price. We'll have more with head coach Marcus Arroyo coming up. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Head coach Marcus Arroyo on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Russ Langer here with Steve Cofield. Again, we're doing this a day early. Normally it's Wednesday, but because of the short week with the game on Friday, we've got the coaches show for you right now. So, Coach, uh, first of all, uh, to what extent has the team taken perhaps its foot off the gas somewhat psychologically after the fast start to the season? No, I think that's that, that couldn't be further from the truth psychologically. I think that uh, taking your foot off the gas would imply that you stopped working and you just stopped caring um, and that you didn't work on the same things you did. I think that what you tend to run into in a, in a, in a season of sport and in sport is you tend to run into some speed bumps and some impediments. And so psychologically and emotionally, you have to be able to work through those things. Hopefully you've got a background to do it. And I think that uh, when you don't, when you're hot and you're the topic and you're four and one and you're feeling good and then all of a sudden you get punched in the face somehow, some way, uh, you got to fall to some sort of background. And I don't know if we've had that yet here. Um, and I think that that may be a piece of our psychological um, ability to kind of uh, absorb that and to be real with that. And that's what we fought against now. Now, 
we've also been not so much put up against the psychological wall, we put up a physical wall and the fact that we don't have we didn't have our the weapons that put us in position to do that for the last you know minus last week the four or five weeks and that's not an excuse that's reality and uh and we and we own that. Don't don't get it. Don't get it wrong. Guys have had to shrink the gap, and uh, and we've 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 worked our tail off to try to do that. Um, so I wouldn't say they've taken their foot off the gas. I think that you learn to adapt to some things that may be new, and grow. And you got to and you got to be able to tougher gets better. You play type mentality, and uh, be resilient, and 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 find all your leaders got to step up when it gets tough, and understand that most of the time the best growth is in those darkest places. And so. Um, it's not like it's been it's been it's been worse here uh we know that we've lived it here i'm not saying from anybody else from our perspective it's been we've been in a spot where right now the rest of the scene didn't mean much uh it means a whole hell of a lot right now and there's a lot of pride about what we do losing losing hurts around here and the standards changed so um we've taken a hit but we're, we're not down well to speak to that you've got guys who are going to be done after this year too so there's a sense of urgency with them they want to accomplish something they haven't accomplished before guys like Austin Ajake, and sure. you have done well enough this year. You've achieved enough this year where you're now in a position to win, you know, two out of three to make a bowl game. I'm sure you want to win all three. And I know on Monday you sure. mentioned, Hey, you know what? We're not afraid of this challenge. You know, the sense of urgency and, and having to win two of these final three games to get our goal. No, we're not. It, it, there's no question about it. If, if, if being in a position like this, uh, is going to be invaluable for for in bigger than week to week, man. You're gonna you're gonna fall to the the, the 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 fall back to this reality and fall back to these situations some part in your life, and you won't even know it until you get there. And I, I I'm the I sound like a, my old uh, sound like the old men in my life or the old coaches in my life. You've got to show up somewhere. Like, yeah, right, man. I gotta get whatever. I just want to throw some touchdowns. Well, it does, man. It does. It does when 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 your kid come home and she's in a bad mood or you, you, you or you're not working out with your spouse or something goes wrong in the day and and you be able to, you got to be able to buckle up, man, and and, and get back to work because um, that's the reality of it. And so. Uh, there are there, there's some pressures that are inherent, and uh, I think those are good. I think that those those make you better, and uh, we 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 embrace those. Um, we don't hide from them. We don't run from them. Um, we don't try to magnify them where you can't get over them. They're so big that you you can't see them. Um, it's just you make them very real. And here's how in the process of going to get them, and here's how we're gonna get done. And there's a bunch of guys you can point to on the team. You know, I remember last year you pointed to uh, Julio Garcia a lot. You know, his his foot had been very jacked up over the years and screws and all that. Yep. And it's like, hey, yep. that's a guy. I thought this week there were a handful of guys. First of all, for Aiden Robbins to go out, and I don't think he's 100%. And, you know, he had a pretty good limp a couple of weeks ago. That knee's probably not yep. feeling great. And he goes out and against a very physical team was like, screw this. I'm going to run people over and carry it 21 times. Uh, you got to be really proud of his effort. And, and he produced yards because he got 115 yards. Perfect example. He's a great example. He's, he's one of the best examples there. And he didn't play a perfect game. He's all disappointed about some stuff too, which he's hard on himself. But that's a great example. Guys who late in the season, whether you're in pros, or you're in college, everybody's banged up, man. And if you're, you're looking for a soft place or somewhere to cuddly to fall into and relax, <laughs> then that's going to hurt you, man, because this is a, this is a tough game and, and life is tough too. And you're going to have to play through some bumps and bruises. And if you only work hard on the days that you feel great, it's going to be a long road, brother, and uh, and I think that guys understand that. I mean, from, from Leaf to shoot to Doug to Kyle's ankle to Je- you know, bad Jeff Weimer wants to be out there, and how excited he is to be out there this week running around. I mean, he's like it's like Christmas right now, um, and he's going to have some rust. Um, everyone's took everyone takes their t- their share. I mean, and uh, you use those examples all the time. Julio's a great one from last year. 
Um, but a lot of guys are banged up and uh, and they're playing their tail off, and, and that's what we that's all we can ask. Is Weimer one of those guys? Because you know, I saw him. He had the monitor on. He was warming up. He was warming up hard at San Diego State. I remember seeing out a tweet. I'm like. I think he might play today, and then you know I checked a couple of other sources, and it was like, I, you know, that's just the way Jeff is. You, you know, are there times where you have to tell Jeff Weimer, like, bro, there's a process here, dial it down a little bit. Jeff's routine is the, I mean, is is <laughs> as good as it gets on this team, yeah. and you've seen it, you've seen it come to life. He he has a big influence on the way our team works. He's a catalyst to to how 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 we how we do our routine in many ways, on and off the field. Um, that's just how he's wired, man. And, uh, and there's a reason why he's successful and he's going to be um, because of things like that. I want to get back to Robbins. You said, hey, there's a couple mistakes in a 115-yard game. And I saw you come over and briefly talk to the line, but especially Aiden. And I thought you said something like, inside. And has that been one of the things with Aiden about being patient when a play is getting strung out a little bit and the blocking is set to cut inside? Maybe sometimes he's trying to speed to the outside instead of just being a little bit patient and then going inside? Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was. There was a conversation about, about uh, you know, our zone play, which we run, uh, and we've run effectively all year, um, that I had to remind about, you know, not having played a couple of weeks and how the front, how this front dictates a couple of things. Um, and then there was another uh, another context of being inside in regards to protection and how his eyes need to start inside out and uh, stay disciplined to the read. And, and there was a couple a couple of conversations there with Aiden um, in that in that in that time. Coach, one fellow who uh, really stepped up defensively against San Diego State was Jalen Dixon. I'd like you to comment on uh, his development as a as a contributor on the defensive side. Yeah, Jalen's done a uh, you know is continues to to grow up in grow up in our program. Um, he's put on weight. He's an undersized guy by by just stature, but what he makes up for it is his speed. Uh, he's got longer arms. His ability to to snatch and get off and redirect and his quickness. Uh, he's put on enough weight to where he can be durable enough to hold up in there. And um, you're starting to see some of those traits and his, his growth in the program um, in the offseason come, come alive and, and, and really gel together. Can you build on that snatch and get off? What is that? Uh, you, you know, you, the defensive line's ability to, to, you know, the length of the arms, um, to be able to just grab the offensive lineman and put yourself in control of him and then shed him in, the way, in a way that needs to propel you towards where you need to get. And so – if you've got, if you're, that, that's a sudden movement. And so when you've got some suddenness to you and you've got some, what we call twitch, right? Um, and you can apply both your strength, your twitch and your leverage to it. It comes out really nice. And that takes some development. It takes, uh, number one, it takes tr- just DNA, which, which what, he's got some of that. But you got to be strong enough in the, strong enough there to be able to, con- to, to, to be this, to steer the thing the way you want. And so he, that's starting to come to play for him really well. Two other defensive players I wanted to point out. Uh, and we talk about gutting it out. Lel Ahimere is not, you know, he's not 100 right now. Um, and man, there were times he was coming off the field. He played 11 plays by Pro Football Focus. He was your highest-rated defender. But there were a few plays he came off the field and didn't even look like he could really extend all the way up. I mean, he was working hard to make plays out there when he's not 100. percent Yeah, no, Lel did, did an awesome job of uh, of really giving us everything he's got. He's going to continue to do that the rest of the season here, um, and hopefully get a little more back physically each week. Um, but between him and um, and Plant also, who's also been banged up this yeah. season. Both those guys I thought played really well. Boy, the other guy to point out, I mentioned uh, it to you after the game, was Ricky Johnson. And I hope he's you know he's ready to go. I know he was a little dinged up after the game, but 
man, your defense changes because of the style he plays. And then behind him now is B.J. Harris. And both guys, there's really no cushion at the line. And they were going against that kid Shavers, who is fast and gigantic, and he's an Alabama, Mississippi State guy. And, you know, there's a a fear there. Hey, if if he beats you at the line, not only, you know, he's super tall and he's fast, I I thought it changed the whole outlook of the defense, the kind of coverage uh, from, you know, the pre-snap coverage that Ricky was throwing out there. There's no doubt. And I think that that's where – I mean, you guys remember you were on it. You were in a lot early on, and and, and the people wondered what, how excited we were about the secondary. You know, before Ricky got hurt, and then we had to manipulate a lot of things with Tyson going out, so on and so forth. So to have him back and to kind of see, oh wow, there's this the, the, to add one piece back there, let alone if we had another piece that. Um, you, that's why you get so excited about what you can do defensively in the back end in comparison to some of the things we talked about exiting last season was on the past defense, like we, we're going to be challenged. And this, this is a perfect example this week. I mean, this is a challenging group as you can get on the West coast. Um, these, these receivers, they've got at Fresno here are as good as it gets um, and the quarterback as well. So that's a big challenge for our guys. And, it, and, it, and it's something they've got to, they've got to step up to. They're excited about, but um, overall, I think that you're seeing that back end grow, grow, uh, especially with Ricky being back in the lineup. Head coach Marcus Arroyo, the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Russ Langer here along with Steve Cofield. Winter is just about here. It's about time to fire up the furnace on your home. Give the Yes Man a call to get your system tuned up. Call Yes Air Conditioning and Plumbing at 702-888-4937. That's 702-888-4937. Or visit them at www.theyesmancan.com. Theyesmancan.com to set up an appointment today. Head coach Marcus Arroyo, we've got more to come on the Marcus Arroyo radio program. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Welcome back to the Marcus Arroyo radio show. Fresno State this Friday. This Friday at 7.30 at Allegiant Stadium, 7.30 kickoff. Get your tickets at UNLVtickets.com. UNLV Tickets. Dot com. Uh, Marcus, a couple of things that uh, that the team did appear to do very well at San Diego had to do with special teams. And, of course, it, he's been doing it all year, but Marshall Nichols looked like he had another good game. And then uh, th- there were some big hits by Devon Walden Jr. as well. Yeah, Marshall's done a great job punting for us as a guy who's come in uh, and still has a lot of time left on his on his clock, which is exciting as a young punter because the field position can change, and he's done a good job of that. Uh, growing through the season and, and many and many times, and then Devon outside as a gunner down for us, um, a guy who's really earned a role and walk on guy here local, um, who does a great job and works his tail off, man. And now, Rebel fans, time for the coaches' look ahead, presented by Pueblo Medical Imaging. Looking ahead to this Friday, coach, uh, touch on some of the things that makes the Fresno State as explosive as they are. Well, they've got personnel, first of all, that they've, they've done a good job over the years cultivating a, a receiving core that's explosive. Um, obviously, that years ago, they got a transfer quarterback who's now been there for, you know, I think going to fourth, fifth, fourth or fifth year with coach. Um, that coach Ted for new from Washington when he was up there that long ago uh, as, a, as an analyst and brought and, and then when coach got down there, brought him back down. He's been in the system a long time. They know each other really well. There's a there's a there's a, you know, a ton of chemistry on that football field offensively that. Um, that's no secret. Um, that's why you see some the success they have, and that's what makes you excited about the growth that you can build in a program when you put guys together for a while. It's awesome. 
Yeah, Jake Hander comes back off a long layoff and uh, no rust. 721 in the air in two games, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. I'm sure you looked at Jake on the recruiting trail, you know, before he got to school. Uh, what makes him a good quarterback? I mean, you're a guy who is a quarterback whisperer. So what impresses you about Jake Hainer? Well, right now, I mean, you mentioned it, no rust. That, that, that goes from experience. I mean, that guy's started, you know, 30-something games or something crazy. Um, and so it's easy to get right back in there. Um, but, I mean, he, he's just smart with the ball. He knows the system. He does a good job of identifying it. Like you can tell that he, he understands pre-snap looks. I can tell they package some plays with him. So his ability to get in and out of some plays, some good plays or better plays is very apparent. I know what Coach Tedford does in the packaging of some of the of concepts. So I can see him manipulate some of that stuff. Um, you know, he's very aware of the rush. He knows the protections. He knows where to, he's a smaller guy, but he plays a really good anticipation. You know, he doesn't have any lead arm, but, um, but he knows timing and, and he knows where, where guys are going to be at a certain time based on the coverage. And so, um, and those are signs of a, of a really good quarterback takes care of the football, um, plays with anticipation and uh, does a lot of stuff uh, proactively before the snap that puts himself in a, in a good situation to be successful. I'm not saying Jake Hanner is Tua, but in a way with their offense, he has to kind of deliver what Tua delivers with the Dolphins because there's so many crosses. And I think the main job of the quarterback there is just to make sure the receivers get the ball in the right place because then they can make magic after they get the ball. That's it. I mean, when you got the guys like that, it's just being accurate. You know, co- completions are one thing with certain offenses um, like ours. And like co- I know what coach is asking of them. You mentioned the Dolphins. I know what Mike does with those guys. Ball placement's a bigger deal because we understand that the run after catch aspect is such a big deal offensively, especially when you've got weapons. And so being able to play catch and put that ball, you know, ball placement is, is, is really, really important. That means that instead of the ball being on a back shoulder, catch and tackle, it's on a front shoulder, catch and run for five more yards um, is a big deal. He does a good job of that. I wanted to talk about Jeff Tedford a little more in uh, well, right now we're going to do it. I want to, let's start with this. Uh, first of all, to collect receivers like this, and you know, keep them all happy because I think a lot of receivers are like, hey, am I going to be the one? But between Moreno Cropper, uh, Ramio is in from Cal. He's been great. Uh, now Zane Pope is coming on the last couple of games. Eric Brooks as well, and they're all they're all kind of different players, all different sizes. You know, the biggest guy is Pope. Cropper is a burner, but he's good size. And then Ramio and and Brooks, man, if they get the ball in the open field, look out. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, coach has always done a good job. We've, again, we've been here a long time. I know exactly you know, what they're looking for and, and, and how dynamic guys can be with the ball in their hand, how they can, what the dominant traits are he's looking for. I mean, um, guys who can, you know, guys who can run up the catch, guys who can get open top of routes, guys who are bigger, who have longer, you know, who's got deep speed, who's got make you miss stuff. Um, you know, it goes all the way back to, you know, years and years ago. I mean, he's done that at every place that, that, that he's been and every place we were together for, from Keenan Allens to Marvin Jones to, shoot use Mike Evans that year and then as you fast forward all the things they've done you know when he was with uh, he was up there in Washington for New York Peterson then down here with a lot of these talented guys a lot of them are transfers you know a lot of guys who came in one going guy from Washington one guy from Cal a lot of guys want to play with Jay they, you got a quarterback nowadays and nowadays in the portal hey man these wide receivers are like hey you got a quarterback let's yep. roll yep. and uh and so that that's exciting for for us because shoot we've got a few years left we got some guys uh guys are seeing that we'll put the ball down the field and so um, those things play in your hand when you do things, uh, when you got, got with certain tools and, and certain parts of your, that your offense can show. Why is Tedford, you know, one of the great offensive minds in you know, recent history of college football. And what's the biggest thing you learned from him? Uh, I, well, number one, he's the, probably one of the hardest workers I've ever seen at football. Um, I mean, the guy is just, you know, and I don't, I don't know, not sure he's totally, he's taken it down a notch because I think it was part of, there's a, there was a health issue there for a long time in regards to how hard you need to work and, and get yourself some personal time. And I know that, and that's obviously 
uh, nothing private, but a lot of it's there. But um, he's just a hard worker. He really understands the game. He teaches the game from ground level. Um, there's a run there's a run progression teach. There's a protection. There's a pass game. There's a fundamental, and he and he knows all of it. You know, he knows all the positions. Um, he's able to see things. He knows what he wants. Um, and the game's changed for a long time, and he's 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 adapted. Um, you know, and I think he's just he's got a good eye for football. He was he ran Coach Sweeney for a long time, who was a really really successful guy, as we all know, around Blotties. And got to remember on that staff at Oregon was a bunch of guys who who I was around too. It was was Dirk and Peterson and Tedford and Bilotti and. I mean, there's the, the group of those guys. Some people forget how many guys were on that staff at Oregon um, at one point. And um, just been around a lot of good football, man. He's paid a lot of attention. It's really important. He studies a lot of stuff. He watches a ton of film, takes a ton of notes, and uh, is really meticulous, man. Head coach Marcus Arroyo back with our remaining moments as we have our final timeout before the end of this evening's program. This is the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show on UNLV and Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Hello, Las Vegas. Hello, sunset over the strip. Intermountain Healthcare is here to be a part of your Las Vegas life, and they're here to help you live an even healthier one. Intermountain Healthcare, official healthcare partner of UNLV Athletics. Head coach Marcus Arroyo with us, and uh, Steve Cofield, mm-hmm. along with yours truly, Russ Langer. Steve? So you got a Thanksgiving food drive going down at Friday night's game, Veterans Day, Fresno State in town. First hundred fans to drop off donations, and as many fans as possible, please drop things off. But non-perishable items uh, in Lot C will get a $10 gift card that can be used towards uh, Rebel Gear at the Raider Image uh, locations around town. So talk about your involvement with this Thanksgiving food drive. Yeah, I mean, it's something we've done, uh, you know, consecutively at, at this time in the year. Um, and in anything we can, we, we feel that we can assist with or partner up with um, in regards to helping our community here locally uh, in Las Vegas and, and during, a, uh, during the holiday season or during any time um, that we can be part of, of any movement, um, we're going to do it. And so the, the food pantry uh, commitment we've made to, uh, for the non-perishables here to, for this week's game uh, is, a big, is a big deal to us um, in helping those families out. Very cool. Very cool. That's Lot C. Again, Lot C is where you can drop off non-perishable items for the uh, UNLV football Thanksgiving food drive. So your video crew, your social media crew, awesome as always. They talked to the players uh, a couple days ago about Thanksgiving favorites. And uh, I'll tell you who all these players are uh, once we come out of this bite. But this is the first one as the guys were going crazy talking about all the stuff they love on Thanksgiving. Stuffing. Stuffing. Mac and cheese. Uh, Yams. I'm not a turkey guy. I like ham. We got the Stouffer's stuffing. Sweet potato pie, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese and yams mixed. If you know, you know. Unpopular opinion, mac and cheese is a main dish. It should be the only thing on your plate with some stuffing. My mama make a killing on lamb chops, so I'm going to go say lamb chops. Green bean casserole or stuffing? All right, upset there at the end. Darius Johnson with the green bean casserole. I like that. That was, <laughs> by the way, that was Brumfield saying turkey is overrated. Is that's become a big thing around Thanksgiving? A lot of people are anti-turkeyers. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with turkey. Uh, you know, it, it's all right. We, we kind of change it up in our house um, sometimes with, with what we what we eat. And we actually uh, we actually have some seafood with our with our Thanksgiving. I don't know why that our family had that, but. And then we had some Latin food as well, some tacos and stuff usually. So we always had an interesting Thanksgiving smorgasbord. But it had but it had all those other things too. Uh, definitely, obviously, if I don't feel like I mentioned the macaroni and cheese, I might get jumped in the building here now. So, um, 
but yeah, it's a <laughs> no shortage of food's going to be ready for these guys uh, come these uh, come these holidays. Gotta, lo- gotta love the under the, the underdog there with the green bean casserole. I love that. that. That's the never in the top ten. But yeah, I, but someone's like trying it. to win. Yeah, someone's trying to win over their mom or something. I, I gotta I'll figure out who that. Yeah, I, I think that's. I'm gonna call BS. I'm gonna figure out who that is. Kiri, <laughs> come on, man. The, uh, the 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 pressure on the uh, chef over at Fertitta <laughs> to make the right mac and cheese because I think every player mentioned mac and cheese. Let's fire this one. This is actually B.J. Harris, who uh, the crew kind of had some fun with him because he kept going on and on and on. It's stuffing. Shout out to my grandma because look, we said her whole dish. You got that sweet potato pie, macaroni and cheese. One hour later. Greens. Got to be flavored though, you know, greens. <laughs> Two hours later. Candy elms with the marshmallows on top. You know what I'm saying? Then. Three hours later. I already said the macaroni and cheese. Then you got the uh, ham with the pineapple in it. And then another dessert, you got the banana pudding. You got to have the banana pudding. I might be the fattest guy on the team. I'll have to say mac and cheese. You feel me? If you're not saying mac and cheese, then you got to go, bro. What you talking about? Honey baked ham. Candy yams, you heard me? Candy yams, you heard me? Candy yams, he heard me. My God. Jalen Dixon was scary yeah. for the San Diego State line. I think he was scary there about the, the candy yams. By the way, <laughs> McAhaley at probably 340, and B.J. Harris at probably 165, talking about Thanksgiving, and they both love it. Yeah, we, those, those guys have, uh, first of all, they got two different plates for the right reasons. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that BJ, BJ better be put on a timer sometimes. Uh, he, he'll, he'll, he'll get you going. Terrific Absolutely. stuff. Coach, thanks a whole bunch. We'll see you on Friday. Yeah, guys, see you Friday. Go Rebels. Head coach Marcus Arroyo. Steve, we appreciate it. We'll see you Friday as well. So the Rebels are taking on Fresno State this Friday, Veterans Day, 7.30 kickoff, 7 o'clock pregame show with Caleb Herring, yours truly, Russ Langer, and Steve Cofield, our sideline reporter. Get your tickets now at UNLVtickets.com, the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network on Learfield. You've been listening to the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a Dos. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network.